Hello, and welcome to Pressing Matters, a fly-on-the-wall-style podcast about WordPress, business, and life. Your hosts are Ian. Hello. And Jack. Hello. Ian's a plug-in author and works for Delicious Brains, and Jack runs better notifications for WP and his web design agency. Let's get on with the show. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Pressing Matters. Ian, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm really well, thank you, Jack. Yeah, it's good to be back on. Um, I am, yeah, just recovering from the back end of half term with my son off school and, yeah, just working on so many little, so many projects all at the same time that my head is about to explode. But other than that, all good. What about yourself? Yeah, good. I've taken this week off um, for half term to spend with my daughter. My son's at nursery and my wife's back at work now from maternity leave. So, um, yeah, I thought I'd take the week, which is great. I've only looked at my computer about two or three times the whole week so uh for kind of less than an hour at a time which has been great so um so yeah it's just your head just gets into a completely different frame of mind when you're not staring at screens and code all the time so yeah it's uh, it's actually taken me a minute this morning to kind of get back into the the swing of everything but um it's all good did you take any time off this week or uh not not sort of officially but i just had sort of days where like the m- one morning i took my son for his haircut and kind of just like making the opportunity or taking advantage of the opportunity to do stuff in the day um but yeah I in retrospect I probably should have taken the week off but yeah it's it's uh it's all fun and games isn't it when when the holidays come round yeah what do you do yeah exactly I've tried to take all the holidays off for the school year but I think after the first few kind of holidays I'm going to see how it's kind of gone and you know just uh take take note really and see if that's something I want to continue to do into the into the future and if I can take the time off you know um, but uh, luckily clients I'm working with most of the time you know you say you've got kids and you take the time off in the holidays they're pretty good I find so yeah I think that's the that's the nice benefit of your client work if you can work around those clients and, and they're okay with it it's I guess for me with the contract work like the companies are it, it doesn't always quite fit so much um, but yeah, that would be that would be awesome to sort of block out all of the holidays. Mm. Yeah. But anyway, we we're back with a, another guest today. Um, we welcome back Elliot Condon from Advanced Custom Fields, who has kindly come back on the show um, to come and actually get a bit technical today. Uh, and what do we, what do we want to do? We want to go and talk about ACF blocks. But we want to kind of deep dive and try and pick Elliot's brain uh, really about what it is, why it's come about, and how it works. Um, and I think, yeah, Elliot, you're kind enough to come on. So thanks for thanks for joining us. Hey, how's it going? Um, thanks for the warm welcome. Happy to be in seat number three. Seat number three, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. We're... So, yeah. I mean, I've been... I actually used it, uh, like I haven't used it on a client site because I don't do don't do client sites really at all. But I used it uh, actually yesterday to um, test a fix for WP Migrate DB Pro because we were we were finding lots of users who had been creating blocks with ACF. Uh, if, for example, they had like a URL field within their block and that URL was a URL of the site they were working on. If they then migrated the site to like the the live server with MigrateDB Pro, MigrateDB Pro didn't do that 
a replacement of the URL to go from like staging site to live site because the I presume I well I actually we'll probably touch on it but the the data was JSON encoded within the post content and w MigrateDB Pro didn't factor for that so we've got the fix tested and hopefully that'll be hot fix later on anyway but that was my most recent um exploration of acf blocks which was i much nice. prefer this this is this is a great way to receive bug reports <laughs> well but then <laughs> I don't podcast think... episode <laughs> but but saying that i'm you know i'm not delivering the bu bug report to you because i don't think it was your like it was just you know we did it's the, the reality yeah yeah it's the yeah, reality my great db situation deals with the data and plugins mm -hmm. wordpress itself stores data in you know like arguably weird ways um mm -hmm. and migrate db pro or that kind of thing has to deal with those things so as things come along we it pops up and we you know bash it on the head and release a fix and it's all good <laughs> but, but obviously that, acf is now like on the on that whiteboard of like the weird yeah. things that we have to add compatibility with <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're tarred with the Gutenberg brush in that sense, I guess. But yeah, the the <laughs> it, it, it's it's not yeah, it's not your fault. It's just yeah, it's one of those. Things. But the, the good thing about that is it shows that ACF blocks is because we've had a number of reports about this. Like it shows how prevalent it's becoming and how you know w widely used it's becoming. So it's good timing, really, to kind of go into. Um, how it works and everything. Yeah, yeah, awesome, great timing, and um, with two good developers to chat with, I think we should be able to uncover some of the weird and wacky and voodoo magicy stuff going on with ACF blocks. <laughs> nice, brilliant. Well, why don't we just start then, um, just by uh, just the very basics. What what is ACF blocks? Right, okay, so ACF Blocks is probably the latest big feature added to ACF Pro, and that is a PHP framework for creating blocks within the Gutenberg editor. Um, uh, the reason why that is of any importance is because the current APIs that are available are JavaScript-based, and so this is, to my knowledge, the only PHP-based framework, or one of them, if someone out there would like to correct me on this. Uh, so yeah, that's the main difference, just being a PHP uh, uh, framework and hopefully opening some doors to the existing PHP developers in the WordPress space. So you don't have to write JavaScript to create your blocks in Gutenberg, you just write PHP? Absolutely, yeah, not a single line of JavaScript. Okay, yeah. so... Um, is, yeah. So, sorry, it's in React, you go. It's, it, it's React, it's the whole kind of like not just knowing javascript it's suddenly knowing a really big new framework mm. that is react um yeah nice yeah and all the tooling and everything that goes with it how do i'm just curious because um something that matt mullenberg said uh, you know state of the word i think it was a couple of years ago he said learn javascript deeply how how do you think he would react to no pun intended um really? That uh, <laughs> that um, you know you you've essentially come up with a way to write PHP for you know their their React their JavaScript you, you've 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 removed that kind of necessity from that part of um, arguably one of the larger parts of dealing with WordPress and larger sites custom fields in general um, what what would you say to that I mean 
ACF blocks is in no way some kind of end game for uh, WordPress development, especially around the Gutenberg space. ACF blocks make makes one thing very easy for PHP developers, but it, it in no way <laughs> opens up the whole JavaScript API to, to PHP developers. I mean, if you want to do anything uh, even slightly more complicated than just making a block, and there is a lot more than just blocks in the, in the Gutenberg API, um, then you're going to have to use the real JavaScript API. I mean, this is a, this is a quite small and tightly scoped um, feature that mm-hmm. is very specific for theme developers and website creators who want to create bespoke blocks um, but don't want to have to go through the hassle of learning, you know, new environments, build tools, that kind of stuff, and don't want the hassle of learning actual the, the JavaScript API. And maybe they're familiar with ACF already. And so this just helps. It's just a stepping stone, essentially, to just getting into custom block development. But like all stepping stones, it's not a, you know, it's not a one-stop shop. It's, it is helpful. Um, but going back to, to your question... Uh, Matt Mellenweg's statement about learning JavaScript deeply, I mean, that stands 100% because I think we're going to be seeing more and more that WordPress becomes a JavaScript application. Mm -hmm. And if you want to be customizing uh, WordPress, especially in the back end, which is, you know, more targeted towards the the premium plugin and theme industry, which is a pretty booming industry. Like if anyone's considering... That is an option. It is a solid option. So there's a lot of um, there's a lot of scope there for business. And so JavaScript is going to be on the resume, or it's going to need to be on the resume if you want to make some impact there. Yeah, nice, good yeah. stuff. Okay, so in that case, then why why did you build it? Right. Um, why did I build ACF blocks? Okay, probably the most important thing, or or the the main point is because I could. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I like building things. Sometimes I don't have to actually have the best reason why. If I get an idea in my head, I'm going to build it just because it's a challenge. And this was a pretty good challenge. Um, someone did probably spark my curiosity over a beer, um, mentioning, you know, wouldn't it be cool if you could put, you know, fields inside a block? And back then when that comment was made, I had zero interest in, in, in developing anything like what ACF blocks is today. But at, oh, at some point, you know, that, that little seed <laughs> kind of grew in my thoughts and took over to the point where I was like, okay, I actually have to build something. And do you know what the crazy part was? It was I built ACF blocks in, in a few days. In a few days from start to finish, it was done. And I think the... Obviously, then it took, you know, four or five months afterwards of refinement. I'm not saying that that was the final, but there was a, mm-hmm. there was a working um, example within a few days, which is really exciting. And that was because, you know, ACF has integrated, you know, just like Migrate Pro is having to, to integrate with some of the weird and wacky datas going on with WordPress. Well, ACF has to integrate with some of the weird and wacky um, admin pages inside WordPress because they're not all, they're not all the same and they're not even the same framework or this there's like JavaScript ones it's PHP ones there's, they're all different HTML it's all different markup some some it's in the table some of it's in divs it's, some of it's in meta boxes <laughs> so ACF has a pretty robust library for at the end of the day just 
in injecting fields into wherever it has to inject and then it's got all the functionality there to save it so really all you all all i'm doing these days say when i'm building acf blocks i'm just creating a new glue that glues that existing uh, framework into whatever the new edit screen is in this case the edit screen is a block way more complicated than anything else i've done in the past but also probably one of the most um, rewarding and one of the most proudest features it's probably up there with the repeater field as far as like proudness that I could create that uh, just because like from a technical point of view there's just so much going on and in theory it shouldn't work but it does <laughs> I think it's really interesting that you obviously you know the, the, the spark to build it was you know the, the technical challenge of actually this this should be possible let me see if i can do it and like all good developers mm -hmm. you just you just want to prove yourself right and, and get it done but actually it, it's become um like a, a really good part of the acf roadmap i think because the way the gutenberg or the post the block editor now has changed the post edit screen metaboxes are a real second class citizen and they're being kind of like pretty much phased out from a from a UI perspective, from a technical perspective, like all the things that are being moved to the document sidebar, I think, like Yoast is moving its stuff across and anything that's in a Metabox that is just, it feels like it's becoming obsolete. And obviously with uh, ACF built sites in the past with the classic editor, the, all the all the developer, um, the, a developer has added extra fields for their client, for example, to put in all the data. You know, it's the littered around the post edit screen meta box here above the title. You could put it. You can put it on the sidebar. Like all that stuff goes away, really. So you, but you're making ACF um, compatible with this new future. Like because you know you take the need Gutenberg and blocks and block editor takes the need for meta boxes because it could be a block. So you're effectively making that possible with ACF. So I think. My point is, it's really funny that you've kind of just gone, right, I, I, th I think I can make this work between the two, but actually it's giving ACF such power for the future because, you know, it's establishing it as a block-compatible plugin. And obviously you've, interestingly, I'm not sure if we'll come onto this later, but it's only ACF Pro as well. So therefore yeah, actually, it's... Well, that's an interesting point because for a long time, even from the from the start of its development, it was... It was originally intended to go into the free plugin, and it was only because of user feedback that it got into Pro. Everyone told me it should be Pro, mm. it should be a Pro thing, and and at the time I was thinking, oh no no no, like this is the future of WordPress, so I want obviously ACF to be um, <laughs> uh, uh, relevant. That's the word. So, but no, just user feedback wanted it to to go into pro maybe for um like development of features purpose just to make sure that it got attention and or potentially just because acf in some way will always be relevant even though the that the metabox interface has definitely changed in gutenberg and yes definitely a second class citizen just from a design point of view it still doesn't work there uh the fundamentals of acf like that whole idea of separating your data from the visual design is still something that's that's very important to successful web development um, you see it in not just on a home page 
you see it in you know editing the users of a website that's not a visual thing there's, there's a lot of data there for each user um, for taxonomies you know taxonomies and and terms are used in websites in, in more data orientated ways but they're also displayed visually in completely different ways depending on if you're on an archive page or a single page it's, it's useful data and i think that's really what ecf's main purpose is is, is to create useful data obviously it was designed more for the freelance agency uh, website creators and developers um, to to make powerful themes with and still is um, but that that idea is still there so um yeah <laughs> a little bit yeah. of a ramble but uh, no. i agree with your point <laughs> <laughs> but on that though uh, have you seen and i'll let, let jack get back to the actual questions before i mm. start taking over again but the 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 the, the fact that it's in acf pro have you seen a mm. kind of a, a, not an uptick in sales but have you seen people coming to acf pro because of acf blocks rather than like it satisfying existing users of acf pro going oh yeah brilliant now i can do this like is it is it bringing you a new sort of target market i think so i think that being involved with the uh, being involved with the the energy behind gutenberg and block libraries and block based plugins has definitely attracted um you know more sales or more customers potentially new types of customers different from the existing but it's also kind of like it's it's given some some fresh energy into the existing plugin that even though it's you know it may not potentially be giving uh the more classic you know editor developers anything tangible for them to use just knowing that okay well there's a new feature here that could be really good maybe for this project in the future um it's just kind of keeping some energy into the plugin so i'm sure that in a way it has definitely helped the plugin grow it's it's definitely probably as far as the other pro features are concerned has attracted the most amount of you know support and maintenance work just because of the uh, fast-paced rapid development behind Gutenberg and the WordPress rollouts that include the latest version of Gutenberg with the latest changes and and bug reports and issues and that kind of stuff um, so it's a kind of double-edged sword it's like yes it's probably helped boost sales but also it's taking up quite a lot of time <laughs> yeah yeah As with I'm all just curious Sorry, I there earlier. Uh, um, I was just I'm just curious. Um, have you seen where well, you say you know you have to you had to create this new kind of glue to get ACF into Gutenberg? Did you see? Have you seen much of a change between the various versions of Gutenberg since you know you started development on ACF blocks through to now? Has there been like a big update that's kind of completely broken your glue, or has it been pretty pretty standardized? Yeah, the good like the good news is the glue hasn't broken which is really nice since WordPress 5 came out. Uh, when I got around to building ACF blocks, it was actually quite late in the Gutenberg development because this was a long project. It was going on for a long time before it kind of hit the news and before a lot mm -hmm. of the existing developers started toying around with it. So once I got, in, got on board, the API was pretty fleshed out and it was missing some functionality, but that was kind of coming in in the next version, et cetera, et cetera. So luckily, um, since that WordPress 5 release, which is, you know, 12 plus months old now, um, mm. it hasn't, you know, there's been a few little things that are broken because of some API um, changes that um, 
I guess there's probably a slightly different mentality as well behind the the developers that are working on Gutenberg because it is such a a, a fast-paced next-generation JavaScript project that it doesn't have that same ideology that a lot of the WordPress PHP um, uh, uh, files have, which is always about backwards compatibility. There's stuff in WordPress, love it or hate it, that has been there since version two. And it, I, I really like that because it means things don't break. Um, mm. So yeah, there's been a couple of cases where you know things suddenly disappeared. Um, you know, like object properties just don't exist anymore. And that's because it was just a design decision made by the, the JavaScript team because that object property didn't matter anymore. Or potentially they are using some fancy you know, um, JavaScript hook um, to, to do that. So they didn't need the property. Whereas, you know, my code was relying on that to exist. Mm. Yeah, interesting. I know that when I tried... Um, yeah. Good. Oh, yeah, that's good. I, I know that when I tried ACF blocks, the only issues I had were anything to do with ACF. They were to do with um, Gutenberg's kind of uh, layout and display. So um, I was just interested to see, you know, that was my experience on the front end, how you were experiencing it from... I say the back end, but you know, from a plugin integrating into that perspective. So, yeah, that's uh, that's good to know. Um, so, on that basis, then, how does how does it all work? Okay, cool. So, for the end user, the developer using ACF blocks, um, there's just three parts to it. The first is that you register a block, and that's via a PHP framework. So, there's a function inside ACF called ACF register block type and you pass it in an array of settings very similar idea to kind of registering a post type you just pass in a bunch of settings and then all of a sudden something happens um, so step two which is optional is that you create a field group inside ACF just like normal and in the location rules you attach it to that newly created block uh, this will allow you to actually have fields uh, connected to that block so that you can edit content, you can select dropdowns, you can make settings, etc. And then the third part is you need to tell ACF how to render that block, as in what, what HTML does it make? And that's done either, well, it's done inside those PHP settings that you passed in uh, to register it, but it's done either via a callback function or a template file. So we give the option of either because both are actually super useful. Um, for testing purposes, you know, creating a kind of anonymous function is so good. Very JavaScript style as well. Um, but then if you're wanting a more kind of modular component-based uh, framework in your theme, then creating a, a template file is obviously the, the kind of better way to do from a maintenance uh, perspective. And so inside those kind of callback and template things, you're using normal ACF code. Like it's completely just like you're editing a single .php or something, you can use normal PHP functions in there. All the ACF stuff is is completely um, completely normal. The only weird thing is that when you're calling get field or the field, you're referencing that block that you're within. So that's kind of where you're talking to those those fields that you can you can create and map to that block. So it's super easy, super easy. Um, yeah. So they're they're essentially dynamic blocks. Is that the is that the correct block editor terminology? Right. Yeah. Um, so the WordPress API allows for two different types of blocks: static or dynamic. These are dynamic. They which it's good because it means they're totally native to uh, to WordPress. They're not um, you know hack hacked or anything like that. 
dynamic blocks are, are totally valid. It just means that you can use PHP to render them. Yeah. It's interesting because I didn't realize you said about the, the second step, which is optional. I didn't realize it was optional, creating fields mm. in a field group for that block. So you might be registering, like your example on your site is the testimonial. So you'd have mm -hmm. a field to have the testimonial text, like a text area, the, a field for the name of the person and maybe a URL of their website or whatever. And those are three fields. But I didn't realize that actually, from what you said, it's the field block is completely optional. You could just register a block and have a template for it. And it could be kind of static HTML in that sense. Mm -hmm. That yeah. So a developer could register all their blocks with ACF blocks. And it could yeah. be dynamic stuff that needs field input. Or it could just be like, this is a nice spacer that has a image mm -hmm. on it. And yeah. like, well, a great example is say you're writing a blog post and then you want to at the, at the bottom or maybe mid content, you want to pull out some related featured posts. Well, that's kind of dynamic and you know, you can do that with ACF. You don't even need to attach any fields to it because you can just reference the global post object and you can do all the magic you want inside that, um, inside that PHP. So that's really cool. You could maybe make a navigation, hit a footer. Uh, I'm not too sure. Maybe leave them in the template files. Don't, don't go yeah. editing those things on a post by post basis. But there's probably a lot of use cases where you don't actually need fields. You just need a way to, we're essentially making snazzy shortcodes. That's yeah. that's all we're doing. Yeah, we can we can always inject PHP within the content. It's just now it's sexy and approved. Yeah, by the and public. Do, and doing it through a <laughs> drag and drop editor rather than yeah. ha having to tell a client to go right square bracket type in this yeah. text close square bracket like <laughs> yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah, we we haven't yeah. gone that far in ten years. Like we have, but we haven't. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's just a new way of doing it, isn't it? But no, it sounds really powerful. Um, I think when I was testing it all out before, I just kind of followed the testimonial tutorial on your site and I did the field group and everything in ACF uh, as well. And um, yeah, no, it's really good to know that you could do that. And that's something I've come up against recently is registering all of my like fields in PHP so that I can roll that out to kind of multiple sites I have mm -hmm. like a kind of a, I've got, I'm working with a client at the moment where we have like a kind of a core theme that we use across all the sites. And then we've got child themes for basic customization for each one of those sites as well. They all use the same kind of look and feel of everything. And yeah, rolling out um, just custom fields, it all in PHP is useful. But, but then there's this other thing where some of their other sites use a much more custom system, uh, not a WordPress based system. And they've got a bit more of a drag and drop kind of uh, builder for like the home pages and kind of the the page that need like a bit more attention like the top of a category page or something like that so there's this thought of how the Gutenberg editor the block editor could be used for that kind of thing and so being able to again use those custom fields register them in PHP um, and not have to create field groups for them on each of the sites could work really well in that particular use case so yeah that's really interesting it's something i'm definitely going to explore um so behind the scenes then i mean that's incredibly mm. easy for anyone to kind of use acf um you know as a, from a developer sta uh, standpoint but how is acf doing all of that in the background i mean there must be a, a huge amount of abstraction going on yeah I, oh sorry i've got some reverb happening um yeah i think abstraction is is the right kind of word to use because there's there's a few things going on um so to start with 
Um, well, we start with registering the actual block via PHP, and that's done in the functions.php file, just like a post type. So you, you send in all those settings, and ACF takes that, says thank you, and then just sits that over in a, in a data store. It's just an array kind of over to the side. Um, when you're editing a post inside Gutenberg, uh, ACF will, will localize that, that PHP array down into JavaScript for use um, by the browser. And localization is like a totally normal thing that WordPress does. Um, just a really cool way of kind of uh, handshaking and sending off PHP down into JavaScript for use. And then once, once uh, the browser or, you know, the JavaScript on the page has access to those, um, to those settings, then it's, it's kind of all, uh, all very native within the Gutenberg API. So um, the JavaScript registers uh, those blocks via the JavaScript API the only kind of magic that is going on is that ACF um, creates a, a custom React component to handle the editing. And so that's where ACF is able to, to kind of take back a bit of um, agnosticness from the system and, and, and become compatible with the existing um, framework. So, so this kind, this custom um, component creates two placeholders, and one of those placeholders is within the block body, you know, where your paragraph of text would be, and the other placeholder is over on the right-hand side, on the sidebar panel. So you got the body, and then you got the panel, and depending on one of the settings that you register for your ACF block, which is the mode. Um, your fields might appear in the body, they might appear over on the sidebar, the preview might appear on the body, or they might toggle between. And so now that we have these placeholders all in React, well then ACF can fire off an Ajax call and load some HTML. And that's how ACF is able to connect the PHP ACF framework uh, down into this kind of JavaScript um, ecosystem. So it fetches some, some HTML via Ajax and injects that HTML into the placeholders where it needs to be. It's not as simple as that. There's a little bit of magic going on because React is constantly re-rendering the DOM and DOM elements are changing constantly. And if you've worked with jQuery before, you'll know that as soon as a kind of DOM element reference is changed, then potentially your select to drop down or your tiny mice editor stops behaving correctly. So there's a little bit of magic mm. to take care of that kind of um, unmounting and remounting, which is pretty cool. Um, and uh, and then honestly, from that point, once ACF has its fields and its preview, uh, ACF is just listening to change events on those input fields. If they are, you know, it is optional, but 99% of the time there'll be some fields there. And as soon as a change is detected, ACF just serializes up those input uh, inputs into uh, an object data and uh, uh, just updates the block properties. And that is all via the JavaScript API. And then it's kind of cool because then I kind of hand off a lot of responsibility back to the Gutenberg API. Because once I update those block properties with this new serialized uh, object, then... The, the JavaScript API 
handles updating all the virtual DOM and re-rendering the DOM and triggering a refresh for the preview, which is all pretty cool. So a lot of stuff just kind of happens for me, which is great, or for ACF. And then really the last thing to do is just to figure out how to save the data. Um, it's all well and good that within the JavaScript environment, you're able to you know, serialize those input fields and get this object that has all the inputs. But if we were to just save it at that point, um, well, it would actually continue to work. It just would look very strange in the database. And from a, um, from a kind of, what's the right word here? <laughs> from the most effective point of view, um, what, what I do here is like quite some really interesting magic, which I think I'll jump into later and talk about this whole concept of um, local meta. But basically ACF does some trickery to save all of that data, but it, it catches it before it ever touches the database and then uses some regex to put that back into the post content and gives it back to kind of WordPress, Gutenberg, how it would expect it to be. And, uh, and everything just kind of works on the next page load. <laughs> So does, does ACF then store, so say you're editing a post and you've created a block for that post with three fields. Mm -hmm. Is it saving the data in the post content as well as the post meta then? So, so ACF we never, like get field works. Yeah, so we never save in the post meta, although that could be technically possible to do. And it is something that's been requested quite a bit. Uh, as, as of now, uh, all the data is saved within the post content. <coughs> And that's just to kind of comply with the standard of how, how block data is meant to be, which is serialized um, JSON array within HTML comments, which sounds pretty wild. So, so elegant, yeah. It, 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 it's a, I mean, it sounds awful when you say it, but when you see it and when you can appreciate the kind of backwards compatibility aspects and the forwards compatibility, and how good PHP is at, at parsing regex expressions these days. It's, yeah, it's, it's actually really good. And so you do get a couple of issues though, like you said, with delicious brains and handling the URL because in a, in a kind of JSON um, encoded array, you start getting backslash issues. And I'm sure yep. that that's probably what the problem was. Yeah. Yeah. And so all of your, all of your forward slashes in URLs, um, get escaped and that gets double escaped in the database because you don't want to know what actually happens down the database layer. If you don't have to deal with these problems, you don't want to know about them, but they suck. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, so so all of the ACS data is saved into the, the post content. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so how does it differ from like WP Core Blocks or other block building tools like Block Lab and things like that? Yeah, so the weird thing that ACF is doing that's different from the rest is that it's using its own uh, fields API, the HTML and the actual field types. Whereas the, the native blocks through the JavaScript API and then the other block building tools like Block Lab are using the actual components made available within the JavaScript API. So um, the Gutenberg API has this great set of field types from color pickers to, to 
input text, etc., um, mm-hmm. which is great. But I wanted to bring along ACF's field types because that's really kind of the meat of the plugin, having access to things like the repeater field when you need it. Um, that's not really something that I want to rely on either WordPress core or a third party um, plugin to have to, to have to add compatibility with. We've already got that, so why wouldn't we bring that along? Also, third party field types. Um, it's great because ACF Blocks is fully compatible with all ACF field types. So if you create your own field types or if you use, maybe you use a custom one for selecting a gravity forms or, or something, you can make use of that, which is great. This is also probably the, the, the most complicated part of, or one of the most complicated parts of, of how ACF Blocks was made possible is because I, I'm, <laughs> I'm dragging in a, a HTML and jQuery based API, fields API into a React environment, which it's probably has a lot of people like tearing their hair out <laughs> just at the thought of <laughs> doing such a sinful act. But um, surprisingly, the two can actually work. Um, React actually have some great documentation on their site about how you can integrate um, with other libraries outside of React. And luckily, I mean, React just, they offer you this one this one little key, and with this key, you can get access to do whatever you want. And that key is having a reference to the actual DOM element. And once you have that DOM element, you can get a jQuery element. And once you've got the jQuery element, you can do anything you want with your jQuery-based um, library, which is really cool. So, yeah, that's the difference. Nice. So you, uh, so uh, you, uh, sorry, sorry, and you go. I was going to say, so you are actually the backwards compatibility layer that kind of WordPress historically wants to be but isn't when it comes to the block editor and React. Like you're bridging that gap between PHP, HTML, jQuery, and React, which is yeah, I am that's, at the moment, that's awesome. But I, I, yeah. I understand why WordPress aren't. Yeah. <laughs> no one, no one should do this. No. <laughs> um, you know, like when you're starting a new, like the Gutenberg editor is like a fresh start. You know, you don't want to have this nice, clean, shiny thing and then throw like ten years of dependency jQuery issues into it. <laughs> yeah, but but in clean. the same way, like you don't want to have this nice ten-year-old um, ecosystem of premium plugins and plugins that do loads of stuff and enhance their developers and for the clients, and then throw it all away just because you add in a new shiny editor. Like, well, that's you know, the whole that's the whole problem. Yeah, with, with the change. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's interesting. And I thought it was really cool what you just said about custom ACF um, fields because I've built mm-hmm. some ACF plugins in the past that add different fields and and they actually do they work as you said without issue like without yeah without issue that's um, that's mad and that's an awesome technical kind of thing to have because you've got uh, mm-hmm. an ecosystem around ACF with developers building their own custom stuff and plugins yep there's and and yeah like not just field types but there would be still 100% compatibility with like really core customization of ACF because the way that I'm hooking in and allowing this safe functionality to work means that all of the actions and filters are still made available and ACF has a lot of actions and filters like uh, the most basic there's like one called ACF load field which just allows you to customize a field on load Mm. there's also like ACF um, like update value so when you're updating a value you can just hook in and change it and all of that kind of stuff will still be 100% compatible, which is awesome because I've used that update field a lot. I know that 
other developers have as well um, when you just need to perform some kind of custom functionality and based on the post data. And then you've got even really wild stuff where you've got um, ACF extensions that create custom database tables and are hooking into really like low down level filters, like pre-filters. Have you guys ever like played around with the WordPress pre-filters where they pass through null as the first Yeah, like checks. Parameter? You can you can override and abort the whole function by yeah, clicking in there. Yeah, those things are awesome. So yeah. ACF has a couple of them as well. And so there's, there's, there's extensions that are using those filters and even they will work. So... That's wild. Yeah, it is pretty wild. It all, like a lot of... Uh, a lot of things aligned in my favor, which was really cool. Um, luck was definitely on my side and maybe some smart planning slash thinking. So, yeah, it's pretty cool though. Nice. Nice. Well, I suppose on that basis then, because you're, you know, like you say, you're dragging in this kind of 10-year dependency, what what were some of the technical challenges in, in doing this? Was that a technical challenge? Was it difficult for you to say, I don't want to go down you know creating these field types in react i want to uh, na- uh, natively i want to kind of bring them in with me you know what what were some of the temp- technical challenges yeah i mean my first thought was that because i've had to integrate acf in the past into the media library which is written in backbone mm. javascript library and yeah of course right so i'm kind of used to at the end of the day if i have to a bit of Ajax and a bit of JavaScript and you can inject something where you need it. Like it's not the, you know, it's not the best way of doing it, but actually at the end of the day, if it performs its job really well and there's good user experience, then that's actually what matters. So uh, I, I was thinking that that would probably be the way I had to do it, but luckily, um, yeah, the API or the JavaScript API in Gutenberg allowed me to do it a lot cleaner. But the technical challenges, I mean, the obvious ones are understanding that new JavaScript API that WordPress implemented, because it's so different from the existing PHP ones, uh, from like registering, um, you know, a custom post type or creating a widget um, or a custom taxonomy. I mean, these PHP uh, little libraries are very easy to get your head around. And it's just like a few lines of code in the functions.php file and you're done. Whereas this JavaScript API, you've got to understand uh, well, you've got to understand React uh, as as a as a framework. You also have to understand um, JSX as a syntax, as a new kind of JavaScript HTML hybrid syntax. Um, and then there's the whole uh, hassle of setting up build environments for compiling uh, this kind of next generation JavaScript. Which that was for me probably like the biggest. Um, Actually, that was probably a big reason why I made ACF blocks in the first place was just that to me is such a hassle because I am one of those classic PHP developers that just the thought of having to change my my very simple work setup. And I love it being simple. I love that low barrier to entry. So just by having this barrier to entry was, um, I know that a lot of other developers would share my frustration and, 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 and worry that they won't be able to continue you know, working in this industry. Um, so yeah, so that was a big kind of challenge, but that's the kind of obvious stuff. Um, the the more technical stuff, yeah. So I mean, integrating the jQuery um, based framework into React, but that was actually a really good challenge, and I'm so glad that I came across that React have actually solved this problem for us because I thought I was going to have to, 
I was reading through jQuery's, uh, sorry, um, React source code before I came across this doc. That's just how I work. I, I look through source code before I look at anyone's documentation, um, which is probably the most ridiculous way to um, go about anything, but that's how I work. And so luckily I came across these, doc this, these documents and um, yeah, yeah, un understood how, a bit more about how React is, is more compatible than I thought. Um, but, you know, that said, it, it wasn't easy. I think the biggest challenge there is that, like I mentioned, um, React is, is constantly, it's constantly um, redrawing the DOM based on its virtual DOM, which is awesome. And it makes so much sense when you get into kind of app development on the web. Um, but it's so, it's so completely backwards, um, or at least the reverse it's that well maybe jQuery is backwards and this is forwards, but it's the complete opposite of how you know a jQuery based um, library would work because we would use the DOM to set everything up and then we would read from the DOM um, what we need in the JavaScript. But React is completely different. You you get everything in JavaScript in the first place and then you create the DOM from that. And that's mm. obviously why it's been so popular and successful is because it's actually a much better way to work, especially on large scale applications. Um, whereas jQuery stuff can, uh, well, I, I'm still a big fan of jQuery, but I can understand why it's not as popular as these other technologies. Um, so that was a, that was a tricky one. Um, I'm just having a look down cause I, I, I jotted a few through. Oh, and so the saving and loading of block data. So it was very easy at the start in that initial concept to just kind of when you're editing the block to serialize the data, store it in the block properties and just let WordPress do its thing. And that's all well and good except for one serious problem that is somewhat of a problem with ACF at its core, but also it's great at the same time. So when you look at the HTML name attribute of an ACF field, you'll see that it doesn't actually use the field's name, it uses the field's key. And the key is just like a random unique identifier for each field. Um, so for example, you could have a field called, um, uh, hero title, hero underscore title, and the name attribute won't be name, uh, won't be hero underscore title at all. It'll be field underscore one to three ABC something, something. And it does that so that once you, you've posted off that data, ACF knows that key. So it can look up your field kind of like how, if you gave, uh, if you posted an ID, WordPress can use that ID to load a post and then just get everything it needs from it. Uh, why don't I use field names? Well, ACF allows you to have multiple fields with the same name. Super weird, but it's actually ACF's best trick, even though it causes me the biggest nightmares. Um, but it's super cool to have multiple field groups using the same name and subfields using the same name just from a development point of view. It makes everything so much easier. Uh, but again, lots of headaches. So getting back to the original problem, because I'm sending through, or because I'm using field keys within the name attribute, when I serialize um, the kind of form inputs, I get an object that's just a whole bunch of field keys with field values. And that's okay if I save that uh, within the post content or if I allow WordPress to just save it as is inside the post content, I could still load from that because the fields are the same, so it's all good. The problem would then happen if if someone deleted that field, that hero underscore title, deleted it and then recreated it, even with the same name, it'll have a different field key. And then therefore, ACF blocks won't be able to load that value. That value will be gone forever just because you deleted a field and then created it again. 
And so ACF gets around this normally when it saves to post meta, it saves via the name, not via the key. And it does this because it gets a chance to run some PHP. Whereas normally with the, PH, with the JavaScript um, framework for Gutenberg, you don't get a chance in PHP to hook in via the save um, action. Everything's already encoded inside the post content body and that's all handled by JavaScript in your browser. So when you hit publish, it's literally just sending off the final result. So I had to actually, but the solution was to hook into the saving process of the post and I don't believe I used the actual save post action. I think it was a specific one to the content. I think it's like pre the content or something like that. And I'm hooking in there and using regex to find my block. And then I'm finding the encoded data. And then I'm fake saving that data. And then before it gets saved to the database, I'm pulling it all back into an array. But now it looks correct because it's everything's been converted to names and I'm injecting that back into the post content and sending it back to WordPress. So it's, it's a little bit roundabout, but it, it's been working great for a year. Wow. So yeah. yeah, that was, that was probably the most technical, uh, that was, that was, the, it was, it was a small chunk, like at the end of the project, it was to do with the bug report that someone was like, oh, I deleted my field and recreated it. Now my value is gone. And then that obviously got me thinking, well, that's, just not acceptable. Like that has to be fixed. And I obviously wanted to align ACF block data to look like post metadata just for consistency's sake. So that if I change something with how post metadata looks in the future, well, it's all aligned. So I can kind of replicate it here and there. And then there's also the, the fact of adding compatibility for those PHP, you know, filters and actions like the ACF update, update value. Well, this allowed that, that gives that a chance to work, which is pretty cool. So yeah, the whole saving and loading of data was um, probably one of the trickiest ones, um, but definitely up to my, my regex skills. They're pretty spiffy these days. <laughs> Talk, talking <laughs> of skills then, are you, would you class yourself as a, as a React developer now? Not at all. No, I'm still, I'm still what I call um, just a, um, a, a bit of everything, I guess. It's just yeah. uh, I think that's what I've always kind of tried to achieve is um, a specialist in nothing and um, just very knowledgeable in as many things as I can be. Yeah, I mean, it, it reacts definitely a you know a big shift, isn't it? As you as you explained, uh, do you ever use Vue.js at all? Were you coming from a place where you kind of knew the paradigm shift between jQuery and this new you know DOM-driven or non-DOM-driven um, you know non-event-driven JavaScript frameworks? That's a good way of putting it. But no, this was my first and only time working with React or any of the kind of modern JavaScript um, frameworks. Yeah. Before that, it's, it's, you know, like working on ACF is like you kind of do stay in a little bit of a shell, a little bit of a bubble working within the WordPress admin all the time because it's a pretty slow, you know, up until now, it's a very slow moving um, place to be, um, which is cool. It's comfy. The couches are comfy there. The coffee's good. You know, you don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have to sit in traffic. It's nice. Why would you want to leave? <laughs> yeah, until suddenly it all changed <laughs> very quickly. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But no. So uh, so my React skills are uh, decent. Uh, I wouldn't call myself a React um, developer or anything like that. But I would um, give myself the little badge of understanding, like the core concepts of how the React engine works. Mm. Um, similar to how like I really understand how WordPress the engine works even though 
Well, I guess WordPress development probably is my thing. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, I, I think for, from you know knowing what ACF Blocks is and and how you've explained it, you know, there's a difference between using React just to make a to-do web app or make something make React do what you want it to do for your specific use case. But you know, you've kind of gone another level really when you're you've built that abstraction to allow something to do something in a, a completely different way and like your knowledge side of it is much is much more than just understanding react just to get it to do what you want it to do like building that abstraction layer is is something else so yeah, yeah you've, I, I definitely you've definitely, you've definitely know gone down things. the rabbit hole with it yeah, well, that's the problem. I know things that I don't, no one needs to know. <laughs> I've had to deal with technical issues, issues that like will affect no one else in the whole world because no one is bothering to do what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's fun. that's good though. Good fun. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Would you? It's has the process made you more interested in things like React and, like you say, more modern JavaScript frameworks or? Has it completely put you off? Yeah, well, I think actually it had a really good effect on my um, my actual programming style. After spending mm. you know a couple of months in that JavaScript heavy environment, my PHP actually changed, and I ended up implementing a whole bunch of like small little APIs within ACF to kind of simulate a more JavaScripty um, environment, just for. Um, being able to just uh, register stuff and reuse stuff a bit more easily and quickly, um, which mm. was cool. So last year there was a lot of development within ACF that was very under the hood that involved a lot of this stuff, uh, registering data stores and you know redesigning um, existing systems to just be super efficient and very lightweight. And that all came from just yeah working with these JavaScript APIs that are so smart. I mean they. Because of this is such, you know, next generation JavaScript, they're being designed by the smartest people. Like the the team behind React are geniuses. I mean, if you look through the source code, there's some pretty crazy stuff in there for performance that I I, I have no idea what it means. But there's comments in there that this is for performance reasons, that like this integer is faster to interpret than this something else. And so there's there's some really cool stuff in there. That's probably nerding out a little bit too much, but it's been good. Nice. Mm. Oh, good. Yeah, that's good. That's interesting. Um, so um, I guess on that basis, then you know, uh, doing things like maybe Reactify the framework, things like that. What what kind of improvements are you are you looking to make to ACF blocks? Yeah, well, I think the biggest request coming through is support for inner blocks, um, child blocks, sub blocks. Um, it is definitely possible. It's something I've stayed away from for as long as possible, but I think it's going to get added in as an experimental feature shortly. Mm -hmm. um, I think the concern there is that, at least at this stage, if something goes wrong with your block, then that's okay because it's just scoped to your one block. But when you're using ACF blocks to maybe wrap your entire page, if something goes wrong, then ACF is really in trouble. Um, so I guess this is just my my decision to um, to make sure ACF doesn't get blamed too hard when things go wrong in the future, or if things go wrong in the future. <laughs> uh, so yeah, adding inner blocks would be cool. That's gonna involve some like pretty interesting code to 
um, to parse HTML into JSX on the fly, which I've been toying around with for a while. It's totally possible. It's actually super fast. And um, it's just very specific to my case because when would you bother transpiling HTML to JSX on the fly when you can do it in a compiler? Um, but that's pretty cool. It can be done, which is great. And in doing that, I'll actually be able to potentially make use of uh, WordPress's core components. So things like their color picker or their different um, fragment components and, and stuff like that. I'm not really sure yet to what extent it's going to be compatible with, but there'll be some interesting experimental features going on. And obviously, I think long term is just reactifying the whole framework. I mean, if this is if this truly is where WordPress development goes, and the need for a PHP framework um, becomes obsolete, then reactifying the entire of ACF will definitely just be on the cards. Mm. But at this stage, that, that's it, not that's not the plan. Just to be no, clear. sure. <laughs> is it um, what you were saying before about making the like the the field types? Um, react kind of native as opposed to pulling in your jquery and html and things like that i suppose the difficulty with that is that you'd be creating for backwards compatibility or people that aren't using the block editor still using the classic editor or using an old version of wordpress they might want to keep all of that but then you kind of have to maintain two different frameworks um it's is a, there a is there a challenge of that do you think or do you think it'd be fairly yeah, straightforward can you can you do what you've done and comport the thing from a to b you know almost like you've because you've done that kind of now, you're doing that now, you're kind of abstracting from one to the other. Is it easy to do that so you can kind of maintain one framework but have it kind of created in the se in the next one? I think to go fully kind of react with ACF field types, you would have to abandon all compatibility with existing kind of PHP actions, filters, and, mm. um, and HTML. You just have to go purely 100% JavaScript. And probably the best way to do that is to create some kind of hybrid environment where both can kind of coexist in the same same place. And so mm. people could create a, a, J, a React version of their block, oh, sorry, of their field type. And then they can still have a legacy field type. And I guess over time, the legacy field type will become less important and the React field type will be used more and more often. Um, mm. But these kind of decisions, I mean, that's kind of long-term phasing in and out of stuff. And we're only one year into the whole Gutenberg um, editing space. And it feels like a yeah. lot has happened, but one year really isn't isn't uh, isn't isn't huge. It's not ground groundbreaking just yet. And mm. the Gutenberg project is only just at the start. Like, this is just the iceberg, isn't it? The tip of the iceberg because yeah. it's going to take over more and more. And that's when we'll really see kind of kind of where we're all heading yeah absolutely yeah. especially as well as uh you know you get a huge amount of in, improved functionality with the gutenberg plugin uh versus what you get natively in the block editor in wordpress core as well so um yeah and t i guess until some of the 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 more kind of plugin features make its way into core then you know is there a need to do much with it right now other than you know what you've currently done so I think my position at the moment is to take, it's always been actually, is to take a very backseat approach to ACF. If you look at ACF's history, it has never been at the forefront or making any kind of decision that makes someone uncomfortable. It's been very delayed by like a year or two years or three years, or if there's an announcement, let's push that back six months and then we'll give them a grace period of 
five years. And are you telling me so, that's a deliberate decision, Elliot, or you, and you're not just uh, laid back yourself? No, no, it's it's a true representation of of my um, character. That's for sure. <laughs> um, it's a great way to get around um, responsibility and criticism for choices just by taking your sweet time by, yeah. with implementing them. <laughs> um, but ACF blocks is probably the most kind of trendy and, and up-to-date thing that we've done, that's for sure. Um, but it was it was adding new functionality. It wasn't like breaking or changing existing stuff. So I think that's, that's still okay. <laughs> uh, actually, when Jack mentioned the Gutenberg plugin, are you running you know, your, t your testing development environment with Gutenberg plugin as well as, you know, the latest WordPress version to sort of keep ahead of things that might be coming in because obviously they're developing in parallel, aren't they? And they're much further yeah. ahead as, as Jack they're said. They're much further. Yeah. Yeah. And then it becomes even more trickier because what WordPress includes isn't always the exact representation of what's in that Gutenberg plugin. Oh, really? Sometimes it's, yeah, sometimes it's actually a little bit from this version of Gutenberg and a little bit from this Gutenberg because there's, there's discussions about, you know, some things might get pushed back to a, a different date because it causes an issue with, with this thing or et cetera. And so, yeah, there's been a couple of cases where it's really tricky to predict. And you just kind of have to wait for the betas and the release candidates of that next WordPress to actually know what's what's ah. exactly actually going to be. See, that's I, you know, it's my own. I didn't realise that that was how they did the development. I assumed that the Gutenberg feature plugin would be developed and and then kind of ported completely in at that point where they say right that version is going into the wordpress 5.4 or whatever i didn't realize it was almost like a cherry picking of features and it's like, yeah i mean it's like 95 percent it all goes in and yeah. then there's just a few little i mean but, but that kind of five percent yeah i mean there's maybe some edge case stuff but i don't think i've been affected completely mm. but yeah i mean the original question that you asked yeah like having both is yeah how we do it at the moment like We'll have the Gutenberg plugin installed on, on one local site and then we'll just be running the latest WordPress or maybe the development version of WordPress. Um, yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. So do you ever think that WordPress might kind of step on your toes? There was certainly like the field API, but there's also, you know, do you think they'll ever create a PHP API for the block editor or anything like that? I don't think so because Gutenberg Editor is is CMS agnostic at its at its core, and attaching that to some kind of PHP environment means that it's not so agnostic anymore because not every CMS is PHP based. Sorry, no, I, I don't see that happening too much. Plus, the JavaScript API is so fleshed out, and their team of developers. They know exactly what they're doing. I think adding some kind of PHP layer in there would only lead to problems. And um, it's, it's probably safer to just leave it in that clean JavaScript environment. Hmm. Yeah, I think if, nice. if they were planning to do that, they would have done it early on to aid the transition rather than yeah. retrofit it now. Um, hmm. I don't think there would be much to gain except for support tickets. So yeah. I, don't, I don't think there's much point in doing it. And then as far as like a field API goes for WordPress, like it's something that will definitely happen in the future at some point. But it, it is again tricky because, you know, WordPress want to reactify the entirety of the admin screen. And that's going to include some of those field heavy 
um, pages like editing users and taxonomies and settings. So maybe a fields API, at least on a PHP level, won't be won't be so useful because you could almost say that they have their own fields API. It's just JavaScript. It's just React, but they really do have all these components for different field types, and they're really good components. Mm. And a lot of functionality is going on, you know, for keyboard accessibility and all this stuff that a PHP framework just can't do. I mean, it can try to do with React, and but it can never do as well as as what they've done with with React. Mm. So um, uh, I'm not so sure if like that will ever step on ACF's toes or not, at least until ACF becomes so completely redundant that we're all out of work. Hmm. I can't see that happening, personally. I don't see that happening. <laughs> good. <laughs> I, think, I think we're good for it. Don't worry. No. I've seen the future. It's very bright. Everyone's still making websites exactly like they are today, like they did five years ago. Absolutely nothing will change. <laughs> Sitting on sofas, drinking coffee. Yeah. The sofas are comfy and the coffee's good. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so how kind of unreact is ACF blocks in that you say you've written what was it a custom uh, React component module? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a component. So, yeah. so yeah. So how unreact is it all really? I think it's like 50% React and then the other 50% is that kind of old school JavaScript, uh, sorry, jQuery mentality because it's still injecting um, HTML generated by PHP uh, through Ajax requests. So it's still injecting that, but there's a lot of React goodness going on there with the kind of custom components to handle all the interaction and the compatibility with the virtual DOM. So I think it's, yeah, it's probably like a good mix. 50-50. Okay. And you said before about having to integrate it with Backbone for the media library. Mm. How easy or difficult would it be to say, and I can't see this happening, you know, I think they've kind of, they've chosen their, you know, their their, their direction in, in um, React. But if you had to port it to say Vue or Angular or, you know, even if they decided, you know what, we really liked Backbone and Angular's tricky or whatever, how difficult would it be to kind of migrate what you've already done because it's kind of this hybrid thing? Is it? Would that be a tri- difficult job? It should be pretty easy because, I mean, a lot of the time was spent in the kind of fundamental concepts of how it was all going to work. But now that the actual code is written, the JavaScript... Let's actually see how many lines of JavaScript. The, the JavaScript in unminified format with a lot of comments is only 700 lines. And that compiles mm. down to like, hang on, just for uh, just so it doesn't seem like I write bloated code or anything. Let's <laughs> uh, just quickly take a look at what that compiles down to. Um, so the file size for ACF blocks JavaScript is 12 kilobytes. So it's like it's a pretty small and insignificant amount of JavaScript that's running, and you know most of that is yeah, like I said, the kind of fundamental the structure. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could be ported really easily as long as those other um, frameworks allowed a way to manipulate the DOM because React sure. actually does make it very easy to get this reference to a DOM element and, and manipulate it with, with HTML and React is totally fine with it. It actually, they came up with a really simple solution to it and it works great. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I suppose my underlying kind of um, reason for that question was that 
you know, we're still in kind of this honeymoon period with, you know, JavaScript frameworks and, and the, you know, there's so many that it's so diverse. I mean, I was having a conversation with, um, I think it was yeah, yourself, Ian, actually, what was it, last week, a couple of weeks ago about, you know, there used to be like MooTools and jQuery and now it's just mm. jQuery and, you know, eventually someone's going to, or there'll be a few that come out more or less on top and, you know, if someone changed direction, how difficult is it for everyone else to change direction with it? So it was just, it was just interesting because like you say, it's still, you know, we're a year into this. It's still quite early day. I know it's not a year into, you know, React development, but it's still kind of early days with everything. So I was just interested to know if it would be, uh, you know, it, if ACF is kind of easy to move move around with with the times, mm. as it were. But like you say, you kind of take a bit of a back seat with it anyways and just kind of see how it all kind of pans out. So, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, I think I'm I'm good for questions on the, on the ACF blocks. I think we've really covered like a good scope of the technical aspect of it but i guess my question mm. for you elliot while we've got you on the show is uh, uh, last time we had you on we spoke about your pricing changes and i know looking at tweets and your blog posts recently like you've set that in stone you're going with it how's that going what's the what's the latest it's going great so we're recording this on a friday night here in australia and Monday morning is when oh, right. the button gets clicked oh. to change over to subscriptions. Amazing. So there's three days left of intensive testing. Um, but pretty much my whole life for the past two months has been working on this subscription, which it really didn't need two months to do it. But I wanted to make sure that it was as it, 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 it rolls out as smooth as possible. So mm. making sure that all the code that handles the licensing and the account area that handles license, download, activation, all that good stuff. But that's all cleaned up and, and ready for subscriptions and the whole user experience behind purchasing is a bit nicer now, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it's going good. We're a couple of days away. It's very exciting because I haven't changed anything with pricing for a long time. So it's kind of like, not that I've become you know scared of poking the bear, but I think once I get over this hurdle, it'll seem so much easier to you yeah. know, tweak go it. near this stuff yeah, in yeah. the future. Um, but it's all been good. So, so super positive feedback from everyone, which I'm still just completely um, blown away by. That's been awesome. So good. Um, and, and so far, everything's just kind of gone to plan, which is great. Yeah, <laughs> that's good to hear. And I didn't realize, actually, that you're, you know, pushing the button on Monday so we appreciate having you on and have you know taking some of your time away from that testing phase and it's a it's a good distraction because like I said this has been working this is all I've really done for the last couple of months and I am so ready to get back to product development because I've been so focused on this because it needs to be perfect there's kind of no there's there's no margin for error like I can't have any purchase that doesn't generate a license key or that the subscription miscalculate something or etc um so so it's a very um very very critical that that this works out perfectly and so far everything is testing is going great i'm kind of just constantly going through again and again and manually testing and unit testing and just looking for the smallest thing that can you know can i tweak that can that be better could that potentially be an issue in the future etc um but by the time this episode airs I guess it'll all be yeah. out in out in the wild. 
Yes, indeed. Well, so 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 it's either going great, or it's been the worst couple of weeks of my life, and I'm still dealing with the issues. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hope it goes all right. It, from from knowing how you sort of polish things, it will it will be fine, and it will it will work okay. And and really, you're probably only going to piss off new customers in terms of if something doesn't go wrong and it doesn't go right and they don't get their license key like you, you're not suddenly because exactly. you're, yeah, you're leaving yeah. all existing customers alone so you're not suddenly yeah. doing this huge like plan of migrating customers to new licenses and and where it could completely go wrong like really you're doing yeah. it in the nicest and least offensive way possible um mm. so hopefully but and I, the easiest way for myself yeah yeah mm. but i guess because obviously you're you know i don't know your customer base is probably u.s and and Europe quite a bit, so mm-hmm. your your Australian time zone probably doesn't help if there is an issue, and it takes pretty much like twelve hours for somebody to get back to them. But exactly, yeah. the only good thing about my time zone situation is that Monday morning everyone's still asleep at Sunday night, so it's actually a great time to do website updates. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, great time to roll stuff out. Nice, mm-hmm. perfect. Mm. Um, so yeah, the subscription stuff is happening. That's the focus at the moment. And I just can't wait for that to all be done and dusted and get back to some some proper product development because ACF, there's so many feature requests and, and so many like opportunities for improvement with that with that plugin. So it'll be fun to kind of get stuck into to seeing some things ticked off the to do list. Yeah, and and obviously you you mentioned in your post that you know one of the primary reasons of changing the pricing model and increasing prices is to invest in the long-term future and the stability and, and, you know, put money back into the plugin. So hopefully it's not just you doing it with a bit of help there and here and there, you can actually, you know, take some of that improvement in revenue to put back in and hire and, or whatever, you know, to, to get all those things ticked off the list. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Hopefully by the end of the year, we're seeing like a bit more momentum behind acf which would be great i'd love to see that yeah yeah that would be an, yeah. an, the ultimate outcome from what you're going through right now i guess yeah exactly yep nice well unless jack are you you good i think we we've we've covered loads we have yeah i i don't want to take up any more of your time actually elliot you know i appreciate it's your evening it's our morning and yeah we've i think we've had a great discussion it's been really interesting to know more about ACF blocks and everything that goes on, you know, what the user sees, what goes on behind the scenes, and some of the challenges and things you've had to do. Um, yeah, I no, I'm delighted. It was a, it was fascinating, really, really interesting. Awesome. Well, I'm happy to share some some uh, insider knowledge, and um, if it's not too too bad to just blatantly plug ACF, <laughs> I'd just tell everyone who's already got ACF Pro to um, to try out ACF blocks. Um, when they next get the chance. Not every project is going to call for the new Gutenberg editor, especially if you're used to the classic editing experience. Um, But if you ever do find yourself needing to create a custom block, even if it doesn't require any actual fields and it's just a way to to run some dynamic content without having to go through the hassle of learning anything new, um, just give it a shot. It's it's kind of sitting there within the plugin. The documentation is probably some of the best on our website because it's the newest on the website. And there's lots of code examples. So you can pretty much copy and paste and have something running. In the last um, talk that I did on ACF blocks, we uh, did a live demo 
where we created a block that all it did was generate a, a random image just from a um, you know, third-party website and just used a drop-down select field to specify the category. And we created that in two minutes. So in two minutes from start to finish, we had a, had a block type fully working in Gutenberg and ready to kind of ship. So it is pretty powerful in that sense if, if time is something that um, is important. Nice. Yeah, I think yeah. That, that is awesome. And yeah, we are very happy to plug it as well. I mean, if anyone isn't using Advanced Custom Fields, then do check it out, advancedcustomfields.com and the pro mm -hmm. version's on there. Yeah, it's. I, mean, I use it all, every day still, even though I don't design sites for clients, I use it on all of mine. So yeah, we are big fans. Mm, me too. <laughs> for no reason, just creating fields. This doesn't need a settings, but I'm going to make settings. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we love fields. Yeah, it's it's you know even like a, a small team of developers with their like the delicious brain site we've converted to use ACF because we've got marketing folks that don't want to raise pull requests and code changes just to change copy or just to change yep. fre frequently asked questions or just to add another testimonial. That's all managed with ACF. So yeah, it makes my life easier because I don't have to do that stuff. So, yeah. yeah, very cool. That's exactly what it's for. Yeah. Well, th yeah, thanks again, Elliot. And again, good luck on Monday. Uh, and <laughs> and <yeah>. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, indeed. We'll keep them crossed for you. And thanks for coming on. And yeah, thanks for listening, everybody, if, who is listening. And if you have got a, a review that you'd like to give us, then please go to pressingmatters.fm forward slash review. And we will catch you next time. Jack, a pleasure to talk to you as always. Yeah, so do you, Ian, and thanks very much, Elliot. It's great to talk to you again. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Catch you later. Bye. Bye.